Welcome to Three R Sports tonight. Two R Sports. It our normal third R is in L.A. Rob, Robbie, uh, the huge Dodger fan, is about to see some baseball. I know. Isn't he about to? They're on the brink, aren't they? they if they lose tonight, they're done. Yeah, this could be sad, Rog, tomorrow. Yeah, it, it, it really could be sad, Rog, tomorrow. We'll have we'll, to. We'll, we'll see we'll if he. We'll see if he jumps on between innings for a little bit or if we just have to catch him next week. Yeah, and we make it a guest from Hawaii. Brendan Chain said he may check in from Hawaii. You're here working yourself to the bone. I'm leading for the Smokies in the morning. How does it feel, Robbie, to be the only member of this cast that actually is working? You know, well, I'm kind of used to it by now. Um, being the being in this uh, cast group, that I'm used to being the only one working. I was telling you, um, all, all fair before we got on. Yeah, I've got my first jury trial from uh, pandemic stages, so it's a uh, it's like my first one starting all over again, trying to figure out what what's going to be the same, what's going to be different, uh, who shows up, uh, what happens. So. A uh, little bit of nerves going on tomorrow, but I'm excited to get back in the courtroom. It's been since uh, Ju- or January, I think, 29th of uh, 2000 or 2020 since I've been uh, in front of a jury. So it's uh, two, be- almost two years. Yeah. So it's uh, it's nerve wracking, but it's exciting to be back. Feel like a rookie attorney again. Yeah, I do. I do. But he, I, the, I mean, the attorneys I'm going against, they're veterans. They're older than me, more experienced, but it's their first time too now. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Well, big news from Atlanta. Freddie Freeman just goes yard. The Braves mm-hmm. lead 5-4, top of the ninth. The Braves are sending out to pitch. I believe they're going to go with Will Smith here. Their closer, Robbie, a chance for the Braves to get out of this with a win. Yeah. And which looks doubtful for most of the game that I, I, I started watching it about the sixth inning. Uh, I believe they were down two nothing. finished up work and started watching a little bit of that while I ate. Um, it's been a back and forth game. Um, you know, if Will Smith can close this here, send um, the Braves to NLCS, that would be um, a good start for, uh, for Atlanta in the postseason. And, uh, see if we can get some tickets to head down there. Uh, absolutely, it's a big, it's a big sports weekend all around. But what we have to start with is a guy I truly am fond of. I truly thought brought a lot to football. He uh, previously hosted several segments on ESPN. He was on Monday Night Football. I thought his NFL quarterback, like where you bring the senior quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. film room was some of the best sports TV that I'd see. Enters coaching again with the LA Raiders after many, 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 many rumors that he owned land in Gatlinburg. But John Gruden has kind of stepped into it. And at this point, it has cost him his job. There's a lot of um, moving parts to this, but where, where was the first place your head landed? So... And I'll admit, I, I have, uh, because I've been in trial prep, I have not, I don't have a complete handle on this story. 
So if I say something wrong, please correct me as far as what has been released and what hasn't been released. I know the nuts and bolts of it. it it's, um, been, it's, it's almost been vague yeah. what has been released. There was terms released, but I'm yet to see like an actual email. So that's where um, I'm at. So, yeah, so what caught my eye first about the story is, well, one, who broke it, um, the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal. Um, and then also, it was a Washington football team prior uh, organization investigation, and nothing has been leaked out about them. Uh, about what their emails were, and I can't imagine um, I'm if I can't imagine one person sending an email with this language with these um, slurs, slangs, whatever you want to call them, um, to to a recipient who is not sending it back or is not at least gives the sender some kind of sign that that's this language is okay. Um, and and then the other thing um, that just kind of it's just the world we live in um, now. Like these are what I, I mean. They, they were private communications. Um, now was this on? Was this from ESPN? Like his ESPN account um, to the Washington account, or were these were these like his personal like Gmail, for example, to um, the other guy's personal account. Do you, do we know Robbie, that? I'm going to go, I'm going to go with what I think I've read. These were personal emails from Gruden to an official Washington Redskins email. Okay. So, so it will be subject to the investigation, but since he wasn't part of the investigation, I was shocked that it wasn't redacted. Um, and the other thing is the trickle down effect. They released one email thinking that would get him fired or make him resign. It kind of weathered the storm and then released more. Uh, I think Tony Kornheiser said it to ESPN, like somebody had these, somebody went up to their bosses or somebody higher up and made the decision that this is how we're going to do it. Um, now, I don't know if this, cause there were things said about Roger Goodell allegedly. Um, and if that's what struck the boat or if it's, Washington football team saying, hey, this can be a bigger story than what we've got going on. Uh, but it seems very targeted. Um, with that being said, um, even though it's seven years ago, over the last the course of seven years, when he was not employed with the Raiders, and I'll get to that in just a second and then pass it to you, um, it was incredibly stupid to put it in. It was okay. It's, it's, it's not, not okay to say. Um, and then it's incredibly stupid to put in writing. It's incredibly stupid to put in writing where something that can be forwarded on so quickly and sent out to the masses. Um, I think this was the only play, um, that the Raiders and Gruden and everybody had to play, um, is just to part ways and just kill the story as much as they could. I will say this, this last thing I get off, on, off of. I think the Raiders are going to be on the hook for that $100 million contract because what 
he resigned for or whatever the how they're going to work it out. Uh, Gruden's going to get paid because what he got fired for, resigned for, whatever they parted ways for, wasn't during the scope of his employment. This is the Raiders doing their failure to do due diligence. And I think they're going to not, maybe not all of it, though there'll be some settlement, but Gruden's not walking away from $60 million. Granted. Uh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to come at it and I'm going to come at it a couple of different ways and, and I'm going to let you kind of cut fire back at me. One, as someone who works in a professional career, not I'm by far not the head coach of the Las Vegas Bay Raiders, but I do represent a company. Uh, when I'm communicating, even with someone on my personal email that I work with, I'm also very careful to withhold a business standard. Did mm-hmm. John Gruden just assume that Bruce Allen was his buddy and then he could talk to him any way he wanted. I guess that's the question. Did he, did he, did he somehow violate that? Hey, you're my friend. I'm just talking to you. So I think it's the, if you knew there was going to be an internal investigation of the Redskins, would you have acted differently? Of course. Um, And I, and, and just to, Pair it with, um, you know, say like we're our business is uh, just a second. I hate to interrupt, but the Braves just clinched. Congratulations, the Braves. Um, even even in a single platform, a single office setting, um, like we're Gmail based, right? So Google based. So we have emails, and then we'll have our chat for instant hey like come here for a second or you know like even the level of sophisticality of an email versus a chat versus a text when it's all i mean this is the company's worth not worst nightmare it's called discovery turn over what you have and we'll go through it and we'll interpret it um and so yeah i think that's part of it he got caught up in Hey, you know, it could be 2 a.m. watching film or doing Groon's Q- Q- uh, uh, QB camp, blah, blah, blah. Quick message, boom. Um, hey, send it back instead of me having to get my phone off the charger and look at something. And I, yeah, I think if, and, and you have, you have, and this is not making excuses because I don't, I don't think there are many excuses for some of the things. But these are, while ESPN is a very, very corporate world. Um, Growing up in a coaching environment and doing that, that is not corporate. That is not um, standards of, of, of operating procedure. It's the head coach and, you know, if it's owner. But, yeah, I mean, they're given like, hey, if you're a good football coach, and John Gruden is a good football coach, um, you're given latitude that most people aren't. And then it is how can you press on and, and it's a slippery slope. But, yeah, I mean, he, he – I mean, I don't know what I don't know anything about him as far as outside of you know what we see on ESPN. Like, I don't know how strict they were. You know, I don't think he was a badge in and out kind of guy at Bristol. He worked the no. Monday Night Football circuit, so probably just got to do what he wanted. So we'll both agree that society over the last ten years has changed greatly, and what maybe accepted. First of all, we're by no means 
by no means is what he said acceptable communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's acceptable. I haven't read it. I know where it targets, and there's some things that you just don't target. Yeah. But for the folks offended by this, as someone who spent a ton of time in football locker rooms, high school, college, and even in the NFL, I've been privileged enough to be in that environment. You will hear things worse than this. You will hear things that would make you go, well, that's really bad. But there's also some freedom in that locker room. I've always told people, Robbie, the most unracial, the most equal footing you'll ever see in life is in a locker room or in a huddle. Mm -hmm. But that privilege has caught a few guys when it comes from that locker room privilege over to the world. It's not, he's not the first guy that's crossed the line that's been used to that locker room. A hundred percent. And there, you know, you'll see, I mean, think about like, um, it was, Richie Incognito and the other guy slipping my name, uh, or slipping slipping my mind. Oh, yes. So that's probably the only situation that we've really heard about in the NFL locker room. And you know, that goes on everywhere. And that's, that is the culture of that beast, whether it's right or wrong. Um, I can comfortably say, I think it's wrong, but I'm not saying it's not the culture. I think a lot of things I can go to a, um, a, a Trump rally and say, I think that's the wrong culture, but that's the culture or vice versa. Someone can come to a liberal rally and say, that's the wrong culture, but that is the culture. And so there's a difference between acknowledging what something is and whether you agree with it or not. Right. And so right. I don't agree with it, but I a hundred percent acknowledge that is the culture. And there's also a difference. If someone showed up at our draft, and we talk about our fantasy league, and heard the way we talk to each other. Now, I will say we don't really use slurs towards each other. There's some rough stuff going on. Oh, that, well, that, I mean. That conversation would offend some people. Every, every, every single draft, draft pick, is followed by 11 people calling the person who just drafted an effing idiot or an yes. effing moron. Um, and so, yes, that, I mean, you may not like it and, and, and we don't use that language every day, but yeah, that's, you know, um, yeah, we don't use slurs or anything like that. Um, but if you think, you know, an idiot or, uh, a moron or, you know, whatever it is, is, is offensive. Well then yes, you would be very offended. Last point. You and I are kind of in a similar situation that we have a professional relationship and we have a friendship. I think we're very, I think this is where John Gruden failed is to separate the professional relationship and the friendship. And he let it cross into a line. I'm not going to send um, memes to your work email or to yeah. Roger's work email that is inappropriate. And I think that's what he's guilty of. Yeah. I, I, well, especially, yeah, I think if, if, and again, I don't condone it, but I think if he sent his personal email to that guy's personal email, then yeah, this isn't um, 
I mean, it's an issue. Um, pers- I mean, it's an issue internally for, for what I mean, what he may or may not believe in. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the guy. Um, but as far as professionally, yeah, I don't think any of this comes out. And he he may went take the Raiders to a Super Bowl. And, you know, you just never know how things are written. Well, as much as this is the headline, we've got a short agenda tonight. Uh, without Raj, without Chang, we're trying to trying to uh, be on topic. So let's move ahead to the next thing we're going to talk about. And I'm going to stay on agenda tonight because sometimes I jump around, but I think we actually have a good flow. Let's talk about the Alabama Crimson Tide. <clears throat> it was a situation where I was at a game, the Tennessee game. I did not know Alabama had lost until later that day. I was flabbergasted that Texas A&M, who's been crucified on this show uh, about being, Rods especially, about being soft and about being not real and a, a team that didn't deserve to be ranked in the top 10. They pretty well hung with Bama. I don't think this was a give me. What is your impressions of the game? Um, I like you was um, at the Tennessee game, and uh, so didn't get to see a lot of this. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this was the A and M that Jimbo thought he had all off season. Finally showed up. Um, College Station, the twelfth man, made a huge difference um, against Alabama. They started slow, got behind. But it was one of those once you once you saw Alabama go ahead, you're like, okay, well here we go again. Um, so long term, is this kind of is this the hurdle that um, Kirby Smart no longer feet is is the pressure of being the first one to beat him? Is that <laughs> over with? You're you no longer getting that question. You're no longer dealing with that. There's no no that heightened pressure of being the first one to beat him. That's gone. So by no means is the the empire dead or the dynasty's dead. By no means. Um, I was I was I mean I guess I was kind of shocked that Alabama lost just because how poorly A and M played. But they've got talent too, and they've got coaches that are well paid. Um, yeah, I think this was obviously it's for anyone hoping Alabama's going to fall off. Uh, this is a nice little wake-up call for Saban to really beat it down their brains. Hey, just because you were good at it, this is what happens in college when you're not focused every single week. So I 100% agree with you. I I took a little bit of a different turn with it than you. I think Alabama's margin of error is now zero. Uh, I think if they lose to Georgia in in, in the SEC championship game, if they lose, so the rest of their schedule, let's face it, they should should cakewalk. Yeah. Mississippi State, Tennessee, LSU, New Mexico State, Arkansas, Auburn. At Auburn. At Auburn. So that's at that, Auburn. That, they have trouble with that game. So if there is there is no way Alabama gets in to the playoffs without running the table now, correct? Correct, yeah. So I think I, I, this makes college football more exciting because, yes, Alabama's now got pressure on them. 
Um, if I'm Georgia and I get by this weekend, um, I'm feeling pretty, pretty good. Um, now the question is like Oklahoma's got a quarterback controversy now. I don't trust them. Um, I still think I will fall slips up. And then I think that big 10 championship between Ohio state and Iowa is an elimination game. Um, so the question becomes, if you're Georgia, um, what's your strategy? I mean, it, this was intriguing to me. If I'm Georgia and I go into the SEC undefeated, I'm in win or lose. Agreed. And so do you, try, do you go at Alabama full speed and then do you get slotted one and four like where, where, or two and three and play again the next – like? So that's where it gets intriguing, and, and to me, like you never want to lose a game, but hey, if you're going to take a, a loss strategically, that's where you would do it. Um, but I, and I hope Cincinnati runs the table now. I want I want them in it. So let me throw this at you. My heart now, I'm rooting for something in the playoffs. I want a playoffs without Alabama, without Clemson without Ohio State, and without Oklahoma. Would you, as a fan, then be more excited about the playoffs? <laughs> so so in, in your scenario, that's going to put Georgia, Iowa, Cincinnati, and who else would be in? Let's go ahead and say that uh, – I don't know. That's a good question. Who would be the fourth team? You you almost have to have one of those teams to round out the field. Yeah. Unless I mean, you could get a one-loss Penn State and a two-loss Alabama, and Penn State doesn't go to the Big Ten championship and ends up fourth. I think I think Michigan, or Ohio, I, I think Michigan could run the table. If Michigan and Ohio State, I mean, Michigan and Iowa place undefeated, that okay. one of them, they both may get in. But it would take a two-loss Alabama team, a one-loss Oklahoma team, and, and the ACC is eliminated. So oh, uh, well, maybe, no. maybe, maybe somebody, maybe somebody can sneak up from the Big 12 and run the table. I don't know. Oh, Maybe well, it's Oklahoma State. Well, okay, now okay, Oklahoma State. They they're undefeated still. Okay, I, I can I can dig that. Um, while we're working that through, I talked about the what about the nightmare scenario for the rest of the NCAA? What if it's Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and Iowa? Well, that would be that would be bad. Uh. All right, I pulled up my poll. Oregon is still is nine at four and one. So I guess it's possible for Oregon to get back. And Oregon uh, lost to State. Stanford. That's a bad loss. But what was funny is like Texas AM technically should be a bad loss. They're an unranked team, but because they were thought of so highly and because Alabama's thought of so highly, they drop they drop ahead of Ohio State. Ohio State lost to number nine team. So it's going to be interesting what the playoff committee does with all this. 
So the one loss teams that are grouped atop the top five is number five, Alabama, number six, Ohio State, and number seven, Penn State. So Penn State probably has the best chance outside of that group to be an at-large team without going to their conference championship. Or or by going, they just lost to Iowa. They, they can beat Penn State. I mean, they can beat Ohio State. They can beat Michigan, get their revenge against Iowa, and and then you may have a Penn State-Iowa group going. The Big Ten's in a good position to get two. So is Georgia – is this – is Kirby's – First off, do you think, do you think right now today, we're talking about Alabama only, Alabama in or out at the in. end of the year? In. Okay. I think Alabama runs the table, beats Georgia. Georgia-Alabama ends up. Unfortunately, I think that scenario probably puts one of them three and one of them four, which unfortunately they're the two best team in the country, but they wouldn't have to play. And whoever one and two is would probably suffer. Uh, I, I, I've said it, I'm, this outcome of a raucous crowd, a, an away game, a freshman quarterback, um, it doesn't change my perspective of who's got the best, two best rosters. If the seeding works out, I think we get Georgia, Alabama twice. And I think this is the year Kirby wins. It's due. Georgia's due. You almost yeah. feel like about Georgia the way you did when Tennessee finally won one in 98. They've yeah. been on the verge for about a decade and finally got it done. All right, next subject, college football. What five years ago I think would be one of the lead stories in the nation is kind of still a hotly top topic in our area, but it definitely has died down a little bit, but Saturday night in a checkered kneeling boards, kneeling stadium, Lane Kiffin returns as head coach of Ole Miss against the Vols, a suddenly hot Tennessee Vols. Handicap this game and what it means right now. Um, well, all right. So first of all, let me start off with, so Lane is, uh, Lane is such a dynamic, uh, creature in Vols country. So there's in the last 10, 20, 15 years, there's really been um, a couple of dynamic creatures. Like we're back. We're huge. Battle. There's two camps in Bruce Pearl. Hey, we need him back. Whatever. We have the fiber bar and still get him back. And then there's the, yeah, he screwed up and he's always run against at the, at the gray line and we're really happy with Rick Barnes and right, this is the best program, most stable program we've ever had. Um, and then, but Kiffin, there's three camps. There's, Oh, I wish you would come back or I really hate the guy. Uh, I can't believe he would ever leave. And there's a the three that just don't, I mean, just, I understand what he did. And I'm in that. I understand like, Hey, he came to Knoxville. he, had a good year. USC happened to open up at that point in time. Why? I mean, Pete Carroll just left. Why wouldn't you take that job? That was a juggernaut. I told like I didn't agree with, but it was more what Ed Orgeron was doing than what Kiffin was doing. Orgeron going and recruiting the commits and going behind everyone's back. 
Um, all probably under Kiffin's guidance, but uh, I, I always understood why Lane left, and I I thought the same thing. Where would probably be in pro. Well, that was back when the NCAA had some teeth. I thought we'd probably be in probation and on trouble too. Um, but with Kiffin out of the way, and uh, by the way, what did you think of the black jerseys? Absolutely loved them. I did too. I thought it was uh, and the black, the back black outline of the helmets, the black yeah. strip. The it was it was strangely different looking than other teams' blacks. Uh, yeah. And then Kentucky, did you see Kentucky's what they're wearing this week? Exactly what Tennessee with blue. So <laughs> there, there was uh, some pe- some people on Twitter. They're like, "Oh, we announced uh, we're checkering Neyland." But like, okay, Kentucky, when are you going to checker the grocery store stadium? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, but but as I'm, far as I'm getting- almost, I'm on almost a different camp with Kip, and um, I agree with you. I, I, if I was at USC and I'm Randall Cunningham, Tennessee fan, and Tennessee opened up, I would leave USC and go to yeah. Tennessee. Lane Kiffin was a USC almost mark at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, I happen to fall in even a different camp. Um, I think Lane Kiffin is a good to great football coach. And uh, today on our group text that we often talk about, I said it. He's my second favorite coach in college football right now. I think Lane Kiffin is good for college football. I think he brings some pizzazz to college football. I think it's great that rap groups like write songs about talking ass like Lane Kiffin. So I'm a big supporter of Lane Kiffin. Time he left Tennessee, from that point on, I was like, the guy took a job that he wanted more than this one. Did mm-hmm. he necessarily do everything the right way? No. But, you know, if I've resigned at my job, I don't necessarily do everything the right way either. So, I'm yeah. with him. Um, as far as handicap in this game, um, I, I agree. I think Lane's one of the sharpest offensive <laughs> minds in college football. But I'll tell you what, um, there's not many through the six games that I've watched that I've been more impressed with than Hypo. Um, what what they run and how they confuse defenses and how he can get some get the ball to the person he wants the ball to have. Um, I, I saw, yeah, someone said if uh, Kamara was still here. Uh, if he played in this offense, he would have been he would have won the Heisman tw- twice in one year. Yeah, absolutely. What impresses me most about this offense, Robbie, and the reason I like Josh Hopple is it's a three and four wide set. But if I ever get a chance to interview Josh Hopple, I'll ask him this simple question. Your offense is a is a multi-set passing offense that is designed at heart to be a run offense first offense mm-hmm. and it's a little bit unusual he'll line you up four or five wide he'll give you a different look but it's trying to get less in the box and run the football Tennessee is very dedicated to running the football in mismatch situations you know it reminds me not necessarily I mean 
I, I mean, I guess I don't know exactly how much to an extent, but it reminds me of those Oregon Chip Kelly offenses where yep. they would go fast, they'd spread you out, but they would run the same three plays, eight plays in a row, and they it would just be a different formation. But the reads, the, the play's the same. It's just how they set you up. And if you do this on this matchup, we'll move our chess piece, if you will, get you off balance, and then just cut it the other way. My bet your nuts comes from this game, so I won't offer a pick. But the number, and it is it, – I will have an over-under bet here in a minute for everybody on bet your nuts. 82 points. Ole Miss is a three-point favorite, so if you spread that 82 out, you're getting something like 42-and-a-half to 39-and-a-half. It may it may be one of the most exciting games you've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, ten, Tennessee was up twenty-one nothing before I got in the stadium Saturday. I know. Uh, it they play so fast, and um, yeah, I mean that number seems outrageous, and they have to make it seem outrageous to get it to get people on both sides of it. Um, the only tricky thing is going to be the weather. Um, I'm going to wait closer to game. I'm not going to bet tonight on that um, because of the weather. I want to see how it goes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, that's as crazy as it seems. Like, what was it, 52-53 Arkansas Ole Miss this weekend? And Tennessee is going to play a hell of a lot faster than Arkansas does. Yeah. Well, the weather's going to play into my bet your nuts pick. So I, I'm feeling confident about the weather. So, um, and, well, and what, I'm feeling. Well, without your over under, who do you, who, what do you think? What do you think? Well, one, Neyland's going to be like. And also, um, who do you think's going to win? Or is that part of I your think, bet your nuts pick? Too? I think Neyland will be insane. I think. I, I so don't want this to be a homer pick because I'm not – I don't think I'm picking with my heart. I don't think Ole Miss can stop Tennessee, and I think Tennessee can turn Ole Miss over. So, on, on that assessment, if I'm gambling, I'm taking Tennessee in the three points easily. But I like Tennessee to outright win, money line win. So the follow-up question is, we saw what Lang did going to, or I guess it was going to Tuscaloosa. Or was that game in Oxford? When was, Tuscaloosa. When was so, yeah, Lang's return to Tuscaloosa. He made some bad play calls. He made some bad decisions. He came with a strategy and did not, change that does does coming back to Neyland have that same it wouldn't be Tennessee football if he doesn't call the perfect game against us yeah it's gonna it's gonna be both teams at their finest yeah I think so too um but hey like I like I said last week I'm very enthusiastic with Heifel we've got a 2024 five-star quarterback coming in a 5 2025 
five-star quarterback coming this weekend, as well as multiple defensive uh, four- and five-stars. And we have a 2022 four-star that was an elite 11 that moved up late into – I think he finished either seventh or eighth at the Elite 11. Uh, I think Josh Heibel will recruit. I, I think I, extra, I think strangely, Josh Heibel has to be able to recruit defensive players locally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he needs to put a good defense together out of in-state kids, North Georgia kids, North Alabama kids, Kentucky kids, North Carolina, South Carolina. He needs to be able to recruit defensive and I think Atlanta is going to be huge for his future. Yeah. He's going to have to be able to go into the Atlanta area and recruit. Atlanta is a bustling metropolitan area. Atlanta and Nashville give – used to be Tennessee was at a disadvantage, but with the growth of Atlanta and Nashville and the yeah. fact that Georgia, they're going to go around the country and take the kids they want. There's a lot of kids in Georgia. There's a lot of kids in the Nashville area that Tennessee can recruit. Well, and I've said this for years, and I think Heupel has finally – or not – it's his first year, so not fine, but I think he's the one that we've needed. All right, you have Alabama and Auburn. Tradition out the wazoo. Like, they – hey, Alabama will not alternate jerseys. Like, their jerseys are the jerseys. Auburn's the same way. Georgia rarely does it. Tennessee has as much tradition as any of those programs, but there's no reason why we can't be the blend of tons of tradition and the hip school and yeah. mix it together. And hey, let's throw some. Hey, you guys want to? Y'all play well. Hey, game six, you pick the uniforms. You pick this. You do, like like blend, mix it in with every tradition you want, and also be the young school. Also think having a Heisman winning coach. That's yeah. a guy that's done it at the highest level. So uh, I think I think my bet you're nuts the, is going to have a weather forecast in it though. Um, I, quickly, I want to run over to Major League Baseball where we just saw the Braves clinch, which I find a very a team that lost arguably one of the best two or three players in the MLB just is now made it to the national league championship series. The Dodgers fighting for their life down two one lead one, nothing over the giants and the Astros eliminated the white Sox earlier today. Uh, and of course the, uh, the red Sox won the other side yesterday so the series is set up in the american league it is the white Sox, i mean it's the astros versus the red Sox, and in the national league it's the braves versus either the dodgers or the giants robbie for major league baseball that's some good i mean i guess you you want the dodgers but you can't have the dodgers the giants is the next best team you can't have the Yankees. You got the Red Sox and the Astros. If this was pro wrestling, the Astros are the Ric Flair, the most hated team in baseball. MLB has got this set up to be a nice postseason. They do. Um, 
And so, but I, I was making notes for this uh, topic, and I was totally ready to crush baseball on the the stupid seedings. Um, and, and then now, totally self-serving of me, the <laughs> Braves are getting into the NLCS by not having to play any of the best teams. So now I kind of like it. Uh, and if the Braves, if the Dodgers win, the Braves get home field advantage. That's stupid. It is. It is. So yeah, no. The, the so if the idea and the idea is always TV eyeballs because that's where the money is, and the the end goal is always money. Um, so yes, the you have the Red Sox versus the MLB villain uh, National League. Either way. In the NLCS, you're going to have two brand names, whoever Atlanta faces. If it's the Dodgers or the Giants, you have two brand names. Um, my biggest critique on baseball is playing these day games in the playoffs where people that work can't watch them. And, you know, if you're on the West Coast, you I mean, you can't even get off. You're not even off like happy hour towards the end of it. I just – I think they've got enough networks. I and I've I've, I've also been cr- critical of saying don't play it on nights when there's football. There's only so many nights there's not football now, but um, I think there's a better NBA does a much better job of it. Um, but I think it's going to be a good finish to the season, and um, I don't I don't see a bad World Series matchup at all. I mean. You any take any of these teams, uh, you're gonna have drama. Uh, I mean, if it's Red Sox versus Giants or Dodgers, I mean, what tradition? Braves have a great tradition, huge following. Everyone our age grew up either Cubs or if, if you're not from a baseball market, you either grew up a Cubs or Braves fans. So the only two that are on TV, um, and then yeah, three great brace baseball towns around that. I'm. Well, first of all, to add to your silliness of this, I, I will make this statement. I burnt eight hours of vacation so I could be off during the Braves Brewer series. Yeah. Uh, I took two four-hour half days off. I can only take my vacation in half days. So if it was a 220 pitch, there was no point of me going to work after lunch. I just took a va- half of day vacation and went home. It was funny at one point. I have a I have an 11 year old daughter, which we have talked about on here. She comes in from school and her dad's sitting on the couch in a Braves jersey and a Braves hat, watching baseball in the middle of the day. And she looks at me and she goes, "Aren't you supposed to be at work?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I am. Thanks, babe." But uh, I think that's crazy. But I am excited. First. Um, I do think the Braves has a legitimate shot here. And I think the Braves are a really good story. The fact that they lose Acuna, lose Freed, uh, and uh, Marcel Azuna is suspended still for the assault charges, which he's in, yeah. uh, um, what's it called? Uh, where they, he's not, he's in, um, you, you're the attorney. He, Pre-trial he's, diversion, he's, I believe. Yeah, diversion. But yeah. he's not playing, so. So uh, a quarter of that team is gone, uh, two-thirds of the outfield. Their best pitcher last year was Max uh, uh, Max Roca. 
is gone. And they went out and they traded for a bunch of people, a lot of a lot of folks have never heard of, but good baseball players and have been on fire since then. I also I love the Red Sox Astros um series because I think the Red Sox are hated too. And I think it's just like uh, I'm the I'm a guy that really enjoys the Red Sox. I, I like their tradition, but I really think we're set up for a great postseason. You know, I I would love to see Dusty Baker get a ring um, for the Astros. I'd love to see that. Um, so if in as much as yes, they cheated and they don't deserve it, I think he deserves it. So obviously, I'm hoping the Braves get Braves get there. Um, and then, but yeah, I think my second rooting interest will be the Astros, which is so unpopular. Um, but hopefully the Braves can do it. And I, and I mean, hopefully, um, at least, yeah, you said you've already taken vacation again. I'm the only one that works here, but, uh, hopefully if the Braves, uh, well, they've already advanced but as they get deeper into the playoffs, they'll have a weekend game that I can sneak down to. Yeah, they're going to run me out of vacation time if they keep winning. All right, Robbie, last subject we'll jump over to, and then we'll do our better nuts and close. NFL week five, besides the fact my fantasy team is one in four, and I'm going to come back and I'm going to win the league, and I'm going to keep living that lie. Hey, speaking of, why'd you reject my trade proposal? I'm not giving up Dalvin Cook at this point. Thank you. Injured or not, he is my team. We are team Dalvin Cook. But let me tell you, while I'm one in four, almost as shocking as me being one of four, the Kansas City Chiefs are two and three. And to be honest, have been manhandled a couple of times. Are we seeing the end of the Chiefs? So the most prolific offense in NFL history was the greatest show on turf, the Rams, back when they were in St. Louis. They averaged seven yards of play through the entire season. The Chiefs are giving up 7.2 yards of play this season. So their defense is the worst are on pace with the worst in the history of football. Um, I don't care how great Patrick Mahomes is. This isn't the Golden State philosophy where – because you can only score seven, they can score seven. It's not the NBA where, hey, our touchdowns are worth more than your touchdowns. Right. Um, and so I think that they went all in on offense, and you know what? Uh, Justin Herbert, Herbert's there. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, Lamar Jackson has gotten a lot better. Josh Allen, welcome to the party. There's a lot of good teams, and they've had a tough schedule. Do I think they, they turn around? Yes. Um, but I'm not sure they catch the Chargers. And so you're wild carding it up from that, that point. Yes, and I think you just made the greatest – point ever is that defense has been exposed yeah and it's a lot of things we as fans when the Tariq Hill 
or the Travis Kelsey or the Le'Veon Bell leaves, we go, oh, no, my team's going. What we as fans sometimes don't realize is, hey, this cornerback that's the fourth best cornerback in the NFL, he just left. The 300-pound run stopper up front that was on a $1.5 million contract, he just left for $5 million from the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Or, um, so as a fan, sometimes we think, you know, um, yeah, everything's great. We've got the whole game. We've got Tariq. We've got Kelsey back. We've got Mahomes back. But your left tackle's gone. Your free safety's gone. One of your linebackers are gone. Two of your defensive linemen are gone. Eventually, year after success in the NFL leads to your team's demise almost. Well, so and and compare the Chiefs to Seattle. Seattle won one, should have won two. Then Wilson got his contract. While Wilson's a stud, he he hey. He's owed all that money. He's that talented. He signed for what, two eighty, something like that. Yep. Kansas City won one. They weren't close in the second one. They signed Mahomes for half a billion dollars. And the point you just made roundabout is the they won Super Bowls on with quarterbacks on rookie contracts. Yes. So you get rookie court like Kyler Murray. Lamar Jackson, um, Josh Allen. Those are the people that are going to win. So Seattle should have had two of Russell Wilson. We'll see what Arizona does. We'll see what uh, Buffalo does. We'll see what Baltimore does. But, yeah, you with the structure and with the market that uh, Mahomes just set, while there's no second Mahomes – I mean – I mean, Aaron Rod, I mean, but th- there's nobody that young that's that great, even though Lamar right. Jackson is looking uh, fantastic at the moment. Um, yeah, once you have to pay them, you have to be perfect as a general manager locating around them. Your drafts have to be perfect. So let's talk about a team locally. There's two. T- I think there's two examples of this locally. The Falcons had about a four-year run where they made two NFC Championship games, a Super Bowl, which arguably they should have won and fell apart. Mm-hmm. At the end of that Super Bowl year, they paid Matt Ryan, Devontae Freeman, Julio Jones. And basically, since they did that, they had one more year and the team has been in rebuild. I think the Rams trade it for Matthew Stafford, knowing their window is going to close. They've yeah. probably got a two-year window now. It's going to close at some point. We've said it on here. The Titans are in danger of losing their window with Derrick Henry. You know, of course, he's a freak of nature, but no one can take that punishment until he's 35. Right. Um, so, are the, do the, will the what will the rebuild of the Chiefs look like? Is it a three-year rebuild, two-year is it get rid of the Travis Kelsey's and the Tariq Hill and finding replacements in the draft? I, I, I see it as a two or three year rebuild once they say, okay, it's done. Well, I mean, and I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who's like, so you have to, 
So nobody's going to absorb that Kelsey salary or that Tyreek Hill salary unless they're a contender. And then do you trade, say, Kelsey for two first-rounders, but they're the back of the first round? That doesn't make sense. And so maybe you have to get some of the protective pick that to shuffle around. Um, the, the Falcons Chief- sent Julio Jones to the Titans for a probably late second rounder. Yeah. So you're like the Chiefs, I don't know if you give up yet, but they played offense. I mean, they played offense. They played deep. Now, the next the question becomes. Are they right or are they wrong? Because what I think the media rights are up either next year or in 2023, 2022, 23, two years. 23, 23. So if Amazon, Google, Apple, ES, the salary cap could go way up and everything looks like a discount. So, and so we got, I mean, I think the Chiefs gambled on that, saying, hey, um, we think Amazon's getting in this, and if ESPN will pay $100 million for my football, we think Amazon will pay $500 million or two, or 250 or whatever it is. If you're an NFL fan, you might as well go ahead and get Amazon Prime Video because it's coming. Yeah. It is yeah. without doubt coming. Well, Because they're, they're, they're um, getting the Thursday night game next year, right? Right, right. And it's exclusive. I, they're not – Yes, I'm already. I'm in the process. And I'll talk to you offline. I'm going to, I'm going to gig EPB gig and YouTube TV this month. As a matter of fact, I'm making a fall About time. Yeah, my disc contract just finally expired. So I, I want to get. YouTube. We got about five minutes, and then I just want to get your quick rundown on a couple of games, and you tell me, is this noise, or is this just? Eh? The Rams, to me, looked impressive on Thursday night. Are the Rams the real deal? Yes, I think they. Um, I think they're the class of the NFC. Uh, even though I wrote down my notes, Brady, forty-four years old, four touchdowns. Wow, just. But I, I think the road's going to go through LA now, and um, you know that division's tough. They beat Seattle. Um, Arizona still they every time I doubt them though they look so good. Um, it just it, we're going to talk about Arizona for a second, so just yeah. hold um, that. Yeah. So the Rams, yes, the Rams are the real deal. Um, Stafford on that lineup with that defense, they are a nightmare for people. Uh, I thought it was good to wake up and watch the Falcons. That's all I've got to say about that game. Um, the, the why, did we do, why did we why did we do that to London? What what they do to us in the last year that we give them the Falcons and the Jets? I I, I don't know, but I just want to let y'all know my Falcons have the same record as the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Hey hey, Pitts finally got off the. Uh, he did. He got he, he got off of this cold streak and looked really good. The Saints beat the Redskins. So what? Not a ho hum. Joe Barrow and the Bengals take the Green Bay Packers to overtime. And I think we see something about Joe Burrow. He's a tough, tough kid. Yeah, he is. He He's a leader. Um, he's 
he's tough. He's elite, and he's just he's gonna get back up if he can. That one hit, good God, I, I was ready to just throw my fancy uh, team just all out the window, put everyone on the trading block. But he came back, and um, he's tough, and they've got a bright future. They that that's a young nucleus that can make some noise in a town that deserves it. Cincinnati yes. is. They deserve it. Minnesota beat the Lions, the Steelers over the Broncos. How many ways can the Lions lose? Like, I don't even know. It's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, but I do want to stop on the Titans and the Jags. I think the Titans got healthy. And I thought it was a simplistic game plan. Just take a step back and hand it to 22. And, and I think we see... I think the Jaguars was just what the Titans needed at this point. Does Urban make it back from London as the Jags head coach? I, I, they play. I, they play in London this weekend. I don't know. Uh, that was pretty. It was pretty ugly. Um, um, well, one. I think wait. we may have. I don't think the season. I don't think anybody would have put money on Urban Meyer. And John Gruden not making it out of the season, but I think we see it. Um, the Jags haven't made a field goal this year. Did you know oh, that? I did not. You, you know the thing I did see in that game? I wanted to, besides the Jags can't kick a field goal. Boy, Trevor Lawrence, if somebody can get him, is going to be a great NFL quarterback. I mean, he made it. <laughs> The Jags, I mean, I think, I, I, I mean, I don't know what you say about them. I just want to point out, to your point, my man, Derrick Henry, over a 40-game stretch, has the most rushing yards in NFL history. That's more than Jim Brown, more than Eric Dickerson, more than OJ, more than Barry Sanders, more than Gail Sayers, like, in a league that does not run the football anymore, um, just astronomically great. When I, I said somebody could get Trevor Lawrence, he needs a coach desperately yeah. that can use his ability. He needs a professional coach because when they put him in the – when they protect him, he throws these amazing passes. But most of the time, he's running for his life. Well, uh, you know – and I, I like Urban, and I've, I, I, I'm, I'm on record. He's the second greatest college coach in history, in my opinion. Um, but this is just a bad fit, a bad franchise. Uh, it, it, the Saban was not a fit in NFL either, though. I mean, I you no. know. But say, but Saban, you know, if they got, if if Miami gets Drew Brees instead of Dante Culpepper. It's a different story. I think I don't think Saban likes it as much, but I think he wins more. I mean, Saban went what nine seven seven nine or something like that. Yeah. I mean, he was a five hundred coach, and Saban was campaigning for Breeze, and the front office would not yeah. sign him. Yeah, well, but, I think that's ultimately why he left. It was like, no, 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 I know you guys don't understand how I operate. Um, I get the last call. <laughs> The Eagles beat the Panthers. The Bucks just run it up on the Dolphins. No stopping them right now. Yeah. It, 
the Patriots beat the Texans. Look, man, as much as we've crucified the Texans, they're more competitive than the Jaguars ever dared to be. Yes, the Texans are showing up like professional athletes, and they are competitive as they can be. They're out-talented almost every week, but they are showing up and they are playing hard. Um, five weeks in, still don't know who the Texans coach is, but he is doing a good job. I didn't know who their quarterback was until today. Wait, they uh, got this, is that the Sims kid? Uh, David or, Mills. Davis Mills. Mills, Mills, Mills. The Chargers and Browns played an absolutely great game if you're a fan and just want to watch it. 47-42, the Chargers win. I think Bear is the next one, or Herbert is the next one that sticks his nose in and says, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, Patty Mahomes, Russell Wilson, I'm here. I'm not just coming, I'm here. Um, hey, that, Bear, that, that, that Bills-Chargers AFC Championship game looking more and more probable. I was going to give you that. Uh, the Bears-Raiders, I watched a little of this game. The Raiders, you could see the John Gruden spectra yeah. hanging over their head. Yeah. And what I began – so I know the Cardinals can win a shootout football game, Robbie. But what I didn't think the Cardinals could do is play the 49ers in a 49ers-type game and beat them 17-10. to 10. I'm beginning to become a believer in the Arizona Cardinals. I am too. I keep waiting for them to fall back and lose a game and me be like, yeah, that's what I thought. But, man, Kyler Murray can deal. And he is just – his. so he's got a really unique skill, which actually I saw Lamar Jackson start to pick it up last night. Um, Kyler Murray is fantastic at moving in the pocket – but moving in a way where the defensive linemen have to shift backwards to stop the running lanes. It's not just to at the quarterback. If he moves up, you got to jump back and give away some of your pressure. And so you're holding people at bay. And it's so they're, I mean, as great as NFL cornerbacks are, they can only cover for so long. And if you can hold that ball, whether with your feet, your eyes, eventually people are going to get open. Uh, Kyler does it every week, and Lamar Jackson, good Lord, he was fantastic last night. Can you imagine taking off running as fast as you can run, then having to stop, jump back, and chase that athlete in Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray? No, I mean, it's just – it's – you know, you look back and – some people don't remember – uh, Michael Vick when he was in the league. Yeah. Um, but these guys are more polished coming at more polished passers coming out of college. And, um, you Kyler know, they, Mary is a much better passer than Michael Vick at any point in his career. And yeah. Lamar Jackson's beginning to show that he is too. Yes, absolutely. The Giants are the Cowboys beat the Giants. The Bills, 38-20 over the Chiefs. I think you're one half of your pick. I think the Bills are the favorite in AFC now. Yeah, I'm – so 
I'm hoping to do the double, go to the Vols game Saturday, Titans game Monday night. Um, I'm interested to see Josh Allen in person. And uh, the Bills, Bills Mafia is going to show up in Nashville. It's going to be obnoxious. They always do. Um, They look like the best team um, I have seen thus far. They don't have the best record. Who they slip up? In? Oh, they lost to Pittsburgh week one, which was the anomaly. Somehow. Um, but since then, they've looked – their defense is great. Um, yeah, I mean, you just dominate KC like that. That's hard – in Arrowhead, that's extremely hard to do. That was the best win of the weekend, in my opinion. It was a good one. Maybe the best game of the weekend, though, was down huge to the Colts, who played a great three quarters. Lamar Jackson says, come on, boys, and in the fourth quarter in overtime – they outscore the Colts 20 to 3. And really, at one point, the Colts looked helpless against Lamar Jackson. In the fourth quarter in overtime, the Colts had no chance of stopping the Ravens. None. And that was almost like the, uh, what we talked about earlier, the run the same play over and over again. Like, hey, Matt. Yeah, double a tight end, maybe. Uh, but I guess it's so hard to double against him because he you have to have a spy on him. Um, and that's where it gets to be the numbers game, which makes them – if he's throwing the ball and the receivers are getting open, um, you don't have enough people on defense to stop them. You're correct. Well, been a good show, just us. We've proved that. Hey, maybe when we syndicate, we'll just do a one-hour Robbie and Randall show because we can keep it to an hour, even even and both of us get to talk all we want. Yeah, so, I, mean, I can talk a lot longer, but yeah, me too. Save, me too. Save my voice for tomorrow. Uh, but I, I do want to run a couple of things here at the end of the show. One of them being, uh, we were going to get to our bet your nuts, and you said it earlier. The weather looks bad in Knoxville a good chance of rain kind of a muddy field I'm really thinking this could play an effect in the game and Robbie my when I was I was talking about Tennessee went in the football game I think that rain affects the passing game of Ole Miss more and the run game of Tennessee kind of dominates that game Ole Miss has already proved against Alabama they have no answer to an effective running game so I think the rain helps Tennessee. And I'm going to tell you, my bet you're nuts, though. If it's a rainy and it's messy, there is no way that he score over 82 points. So go ahead and lock it in. Even if the field is dry, I think you, I think it's under. But if it's wet, lock in your 82 points and take it to the bank. I like it, the under. Um I'm sticking to the same game, but I've been very impressed with Hooker as a taking care of the ball and making the right decisions quarterback. Um, The running game has been fantastic. I think Tennessee, more than Ole Miss, is going to be able to – control the tempo because we can run the ball better. And if we want to give our defense a rest, we're going to be able to more than Ole Miss does. 
I think Heupel's a better coach right now than I think Lane Kiffin is. Um, I may be proven wrong, but I've been impressed. that Ole Miss still has more talent. Um, but I think the crowd is electric. The players play into it, and it's going to be hard in the first half for Ole Miss to make play calls. I am so tempted to take Tennessee outright. Um, I'll, I'll if you're giving me three and a half, I'll take three and a half. So I'll take the yeah. balls plus three and a half. Well, as proud as you are of your Chiefs and Bills call, I said earlier in the year Tennessee would win six or seven games, and and and, and I think on a par, I was made fun of. I really do like Josh Hopple. Um, and just think if we don't blow a very winnable game against Pitt and we can pull off this upset, the Vols do, you're talking about a Tennessee team that most people thought would win two games going eight and four. Even at that right now, if you pull this off, you end the year at seven and five, go to a bowl game. It's much more than anybody dreamed this team. We dressed 62 scholar. The Vols dressed 62 scholarship players last weekend. Oh, six and six is better than I thought they were going to do. And that's looking inevitable. Um, and big picture, Hypel appears to be the right hire. Right. We've got, if that's the case, football, men's basketball, women's basketball, and baseball all locked up for the foreseeable future and all going in the right direction for a, for a school that is in a constant coaching search for something. Um, that's, that brings a smile to your face. Absolutely. Do you know Tennessee baseball is going to be in Chattanooga on October the 23rd, I believe it is to play a one game fall game against Georgia state university. At I did not AT&T know that. Field. I did not know that. So uh, it's either the 25th or the 23rd. I'll get the details and text you. I am definitely going. So uh, everybody out there in the Chattanooga area, if you want to see the Vols play baseball, uh, it's going to be at, U- at Lookout Stadium. October, I, I want to say it's October the 25th, but. Yeah, the 23rd is Alabama game. That's huh? Alabama. So that it is the 25th then. Okay. I know there was something I was doing Tennessee related the 23rd and something I was doing Tennessee related the 25th. So that will be Monday night, the 25th. So, all right, Robbie. Good good things coming to River City Media. If I keep covering high school football and running into people that know your mom, we might get syndicated before it's over with. Uh, oh, yeah. Remind me what I was supposed to do about that. Who else was to follow? I know Al and uh, – um, uh, I'll text you tomorrow. We're supposed to, I'm supposed to email them links to our show, but I want to email them one that's like all the gang together. So I may download one of the older ones. Um, Al, we need to, we need to, we need to email our links and our information. So uh, it was great running into someone who knew your family, just out randomly doing a Franklin County, Squatchy County football game. Who won? 
Uh, Franklin County won 21-14. It was uh, – Isn't that a pretty so big Franklin, upset? Uh, no, Watch County's a 3A school. They only have 400 uh, kids. Franklin County's got like 1,500. Uh, it would have been a huge upset the other way. Okay. Uh, but it was a great game. Uh, Franklin County had more talent and got out to a 14 nothing lead. And Sequatchie kind of scratched and clawed and got two turnovers and scored with two minutes to go to make it 14-14. So we're thinking we may be going to overtime. And Franklin County just – Franklin County's offensive line weight – in their average weight was plus 300 pounds. And they Fun just – my dad, who is 82, 83-ish, was on the last Franklin County undefeated football team. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, they uh, they still got some talent at Franklin County. It was more than we can handle. They scored with 21 seconds to go, make it 21-14. So, uh, this Friday night, I'm coming back off of my vacation to call Giles County, who is a top three team. In the, I'm going to see a great football team Friday night. So, uh, what's your last words, Robbie? Um, well, we have one more show until um, Dare to Dance, which we've been help trying to help fundraise for um, yep. the entire season, um, which supports the Kidney Foundation here in Chattanooga. Um, you don't know how tough it is to live without kidneys and dialysis and all that. Um, and money raised help support food water bills electric bills and all of that um if you can donate by this friday um i think it really helps with the fundraising goes into the numbers with the dances which is the 23rd um what time is the 23rd it is i think it starts at seven o'clock so i will be missing the tennessee alabama game to um watch my wife dance um, I just had a 11 year old who loves dance walk in here and ask yeah. me if we could go to both. So, but uh, yeah, uh, I think it's, I mean, I guess it's Dare to Dance Chattanooga. Um, we'll get you there if you can vote for uh, or donate to Team Ryan and Team Allison. That would be great. But any donation helps, um, really helps support this charity. It's a it's great part. We're, we're, we're a donut, we're a business partner. It's the first thing yes. we ever did as a business. And it's going to be awesome. And if you keep talking about it, Annalise sitting across the room and looks up every time you say, Can dare to dance. I, I hey, may be. Um, I think um, we can get a live ticket or a, a virtual ticket for her. Um, I'll check on that. Um, okay. I, if she wants to watch, yeah, virtual ticket should be available so she can watch it on whatever virtual medium they're going to put it on. That would be cool. That would definitely be cool. Uh, we want to support Allison. She's done a lot of work. She's been at this since oh. summer. Oh, other last word. While I have it, I just got to uh, – since I was terrible at fantasy football, I want to brag a little bit. Um, my NASCAR – oh, you can't see it, can you? Too oh, no, there we go. I got it. Yep, so number one in my NASCAR pool this week. Um, so just more money won off of NASCAR. You guys should get in on it. I know what I'm talking about. Can't wait for our NASCAR show to take off. We might have to get George to put us a syndicated NASCAR show together. <laughs> hey, and uh, 
and the guys Sunday was looking for you. They they were like, "Well, I thought Robbie was joining us again." I I know I tried to. We uh, we were in Knoxville and we had uh, some work I had to do on the apartment, and then couldn't get. And I was on the road and upset. The 3 a.m. text made me think that we probably wasn't going to see you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. So, well, yeah, this Sunday um, after a 7 o'clock start, we'll see. <laughs> it may be a rough one. Yeah. But, again, uh, no stretch to chain with Chain. He's in Hawaii. Rod's uh, in L.A. watching the Dodgers right now. Robbie is working, and I'm headed to the Smoky Mountains. So, we will see you all Sunday. On victory formation with Geoff, Arden, Philip Dye, and me and Rob, me and Robbie may show up. I'm not part of that show. I just show up, so don't yeah. feel bad. Um, so. All right, thanks for watching. Good night. God bless.